this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Hi everybody, it's Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd, coming to you live from the beautiful and the sunny Phoenix, Arizona. It's kind of a cool, chilly morning actually, but I like it. I got my hoodie on, got some nice coffee here. I'm going into this because I am live right now. I'm live on Instagram. I'm recording live. I'm going to be putting that on YouTube, waiting for my streaming account to activate. So I can't live stream it, but I'm looking down here at this little camera. Hi, YouTube. How are you folks doing? If you see me hiding behind my mic, here you go. Take a picture, right? <clears throat> so let's get started. Um, before we dive into this, make sure you check it out, right? www.thehopnerd.com. Follow along on Instagram. Follow along on YouTube. Make sure that you check us out on LinkedIn. I'm writing an article to publish there in the next couple days, so that'll be pretty cool stuff. Make sure you check that out. Um, those articles also post to the website. Send me an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. You know, again, I can't say this enough. Getting your questions, talking to you folks, having these conversations, that's my super duper most favorite part. I just love talking to folks. I'm, I'm, I'm just a peoply person. And I really think that's ultimately how we make the world a better place to work. So send me an email, shoot me a DM, follow along, check out all those cool things with social media. Love to have you as part of that community. So what I wanted to talk to you about today is I wanted to jump into my hop implementation manifesto, right? Part two. So, and I'm going to title this part two, working on assumptions. So yes, we're still at assumptions. We're still talking about assumptions. That's where it all has to start, right? So here we are, assumptions. So as we mentioned in part one, we've got to start by working on those deeply rooted assumptions. That's where all of that other kind of stuff comes from. Everything that's visible, that's above that visibility line, it all comes from those deeper assumptions. The corporate language that we speak, the procedures, the processes that we use, all of that kind of stuff are written values. Those little value things we hang on the wall, guess where it comes from, right? Assumptions, right? It's, it's, they're starting to come from assumptions. And there's actually a really interesting video out there by Dr. Edgar Schein. If you go and you uh, look that up on YouTube, I don't have the title. If I can find it really quick, I'll include it in the notes to this. Um, but he's talking about kind of when he discovered some of this and he's, he's talking about seeing those values written on the wall and then seeing different behaviors actually manifest. Um, and that's when he kind of realized that there was something else going on, right? There was, there was something different. So what we often do, how organizations usually miss the mark is we start in the wrong position, right? We're starting the marathon in the wrong position. We're not starting at the beginning. We skip the whole first leg of the marathon and we start in the middle. We start at what's visible. We start at that visible stuff. Those programs, those processes, those values, all that kind of crap that we usually deal with. And we know why we start there is because it's super easy, right? It's, and 
don't take that the wrong way. It's not super duper easy, but it's easy to see, right? We, we, we can see it. It's visible. We can, it's actually something we can work on and tinker with, right? So we start there. The problem with starting there is it really doesn't do a lot of good, right? Writing down and expressing their values is probably a good thing. Changing a process for the better is probably a good thing. Working on all that stuff, it's probably good things. If it's manifesting from the right origin, right? If it's organically manifesting or strategically manifesting from the right or at least better assumptions. So changing any visible thing without working on its origin is like building a house, building a castle, building a tower on sand, right? It's not going to last very long. And if it does last for a little while, it's still going to crumble at some point and it's never going to work right. So it's not really a great idea. So one place that I like to take this, I like to give you personal examples. I like to tie this back to um, not work life, but to actual real life. Let's, let's circle back to that real life example. I'm a proud parent. Most of you are. Um, I just heard my daughter wake up and she's probably going to become walking through here in just a second. There she is. She's hiding. She's, she's hiding behind me and no one can see her, but she's hiding behind me. So <clears throat> I maintain certain beliefs, right? As a parent, I maintain certain assumptions around openness, truth, honesty, all that kind of stuff. I believe that that's the best way to keep my children safe is by maintaining a truthful, open and honest culture within our house. I believe that's how we can keep them out of dangerous situations or help them make better decisions in dangerous situations. So my partner holds a similar view, right? We, we, we drive this in our household. The thing is, is that these beliefs, these personal assumptions, we believe that, that they're going to make mistakes, right? We believe that our kids are going to make mistakes, that they're going to do stupid things. They're going to get in dangerous situations. Why? Because they're kids, because they're human kids, right? That's, that's what's going to happen. That's absolutely going to happen. And when they find themselves in those situations, we want them to be able to talk to us, tell us about them, right? Learn about them. Hey, I need help. Come get me, right? We, 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 we want to be able to have that open conversation so we can actually kind of negate some of the danger, right? So we can actually work on some of those things. That exposed value directly influences their behavior, right? It, it, it influences the way that we communicate with them. It influences the way that we view discipline and consequence. It, interview, it, 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 it dictates the way that we intervene, the way all, really all of that kind of stuff, all that stuff that manifests into the stuff that's visible and into the stuff that we can feel, right? And what that really does is that leads to that environment. It leads to an open environment where we feel like we can freely communicate, we can work on things, we can learn, and we can get better, right? That's, that's kind of the whole point. Now let's shift those assumptions a little bit and say that we don't believe that, right? We believe that children make mistakes just because they choose to make mistakes. Okay, where, where does that take us? What, what, where does that, what assumption does that really make? Um, or what, what assumption does that cause us to form? I think that that assumption would be that we have rules in this house, you follow them or else, right? I, I think that's, that's kind of where that goes. So that assumption drives vastly different behavior. And you can close your eyes and you can imagine the type of behavior that that drives. It's, it's vastly different, right? It changes the way we communicate, if we communicate. It changes the way we discipline. It changes the, the whole dynamic. And we usually end up into kind of trying to manage behavior through what we normally do in work, right? It's sticks and carrots. You didn't follow the rules. Go pick out your willow switch off the tree and let me beat you half to death with it until you understand you need to follow the rules. Now, next time, if you follow them, you're going to get a really, really cool toy, 
right? So <clears throat> you see where that doesn't get us very far. It'll shift some stuff for a while. Things might change a little bit for a little while, but it never really lasts, right? It, it never really lasts. So in, in that kind of culture, in that kind of household culture, openness, honesty, real deal stories, they're not permitted, right? We only, people only tell us, including their children, they'll only tell us the things that we allow them to tell us, right? So it's, it's not permitted. We, that we created a zero tolerance environment to where everything has to be perfection. So let's, let's, let's think about example two. Let's say in example two, we recognize that we need to make some changes, right? We're in a not so great space. What do we, what do, we do here? We often start by saying, okay, I'm gonna change this behavior. You're gonna change your behavior. Let me tell you to change your behavior. And telling ourselves or telling other folks to just change behavior usually doesn't work out super well. It really doesn't change much for anything. We usually start having these, hey, listen, you know, you know, you can tell me anything conversations. Doesn't take us very far, right? It, it really doesn't take us very far we continue to, we start to take action on the visible problems. We start implementing curfew times. We start implementing all these exposed systems, right? We start saying the curfews, if you do A, B, or C, you're gonna get this, this, and this. Here's different shades of behavior. We're gonna couple those with different shades of retribution. And then this is all that kind of stuff that's gonna happen, right? And we're really attacking symptoms rather than getting to the problems. And it's really the assumptions, right? It's really getting to the assumptions. So why, what's the problem? Why, do, why, do, why does the change not last? We just said it, right? The assumptions don't change. We've got to change the assumptions. At our core, even though we're trying to change, we still believe that our children are making mistakes simply because they want to make mistakes. Does that sound like work? It kind of sort of sounds like work to me sometimes, right? That, I, think, I think we're starting to outgrow that, and that's the reason why I'm talking about this is we need to kind of sort of outgrow that, right? Folks don't come to work to do a bad job. We say that, but do we really, really mean that? Do we really mean that, right? Do we really believe that that person that hurt themselves, do we really believe that, that they intended to do that? Because some of our language makes it sound like we kind of sort of think they did, right? That they chose to do that. And that is just simply not true. So what assumptions should you work on first in your organization? The piece around human error, I believe, is key. I think if you're really, really, really wanting to drive significant change, you have to change the views around human error. We really have to start to understand that error is normal, that it's gonna happen, right? That's just a thing. Error is completely normal. People do not choose to make errors, right? That's just not how that kind of stuff works. And in a situation in which they do, that's probably well outside of our wheelhouse with what we're talking about, right? You probably need to uh, maybe call an attorney or, or call the police. I don't, I don't know, but that's not exactly what we're talking about. So what do you think? I think that's where you start. Again, it's starting with the assumptions. I think you start right there around changing the views around error. How do you do that? I think you start by having conversations. That is the starting point. You start having conversations around this stuff and going, hey, Error is totally normal, and here's why. Have some deep reflection within your groups, within your organization, around what your assumptions truly are. Those conversations, those storytelling pieces, though, that, that, that really, I like to call it the corporate folklore, working on changing that, right? Most organizations that are 
going down this road. We all have skeletons in our closet. Those that usually say that they're seeking, quote, culture change usually have worse skeletons than others, right? Um, you have some folklore out there. You have some corporate folklore that's probably not so good. So part of that is getting the positive corporate folklore going as well. Um, role modeling, your, your leaders going out and actually modeling these behaviors. Once you get all of that stuff kind of right and you start on that vision, or excuse me, you start on that, you get that assumption part moving in the right direction, that's when you get into setting vision. That's when you get into actually starting to plan. As we mentioned, you know, I can't say this enough, but we know hop's not a plan, right? Hop's not a program. That's not a thing, right? It's, to it's totally not. So we, we have to understand that. But being not a, it not being a program does not mean that you shouldn't have a plan, right? So make sure that you, you do have a plan, you work through a plan. Um, again, I like to say uh, you don't want to be trying to bake cake and come out with a pie. I love both, but I just I, we're, we're trying to go for cake, right? So, And what changes? Once you change that assumption around human error, what actually changes? And I think it's everything. I think once you start with that, start with that first assumption, and here's, here's a super-duper hint. Here's a super-duper pro tip, right? Think about the hop. The hot principles, change your assumptions around those, right? Think about it, right? Number one, error is normal. People make mistakes, that kind of thing, something like that. Start there, right? Then start to understand, change the assumption around blame. Blame fixes nothing, right? See where I'm going with that? Work through those principles, change the assumptions behind those or around those, and make those principles your new norms within your organization. And when you do, and only when you do, that is when you're ready to move on and start. And you're going to say move on, but you will have to continue to maintain. But that is when you are ready to begin building hot fluency. You're ready to start trying to tackle some learning team stuff. You're ready to begin working on some other super critical pieces in this thing. So what do you think? Let me know. Did you like it? Love it? Hate it? Like it? Love it? Gotta have it? <laughs> Did I get it right? Did I get it wrong? somewhere in between. What are your thoughts on it? I would love to hear your thoughts. Thehotnerd at gmail.com. Send me a message through the website. Use the chat feature at www.thehotnerd.com. There's always some cool stuff going on over there. New articles, new things like that. Similar with my social media. You'll find new articles, new things here and there pretty regularly. So follow along, slide into the DMs, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm pretty much everywhere now. Uh, if I'm not, I'm getting there soon. So when you come across me, please give me a like, give me a follow. Glad to have you here with me. Glad to have this conversation with you. As I mentioned, I believe that's how we make the world a better place to work. Until next time, this is Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd, signing out. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>